Welcome to the Kenza Pod, brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. Hello and welcome to the Kenza Pod. Today is a very special episode where we get to sit down with our very own Beth Gummery to talk about what it's like to be a freelance bookkeeper. Um, this is something she's done. You know, she started off her career doing this, and we're going to get into her her whole background, her whole journey, and and where she is now, twenty plus years later. Um, but she is a wealth of knowledge and we just wanted to pick her brain about what it's like to be a freelance bookkeeper and why this might be something that's interesting to you. So welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you. I'm happy You're to You're on be the here. other side now. I know. <laughs> I know. Get interviewed. <laughs> no, uh, this is, this is something, uh, Tiff and I have talked about putting together a series on for a long time because, uh, bookkeeping does lend itself to homework. In fact, Um, Over the past year during the pandemic, I have worked with all of my accounting clients virtually by having their accounting software in the cloud or using QuickBooks Online um, and in some cases internationally. So I have clients in California and I've been working with them in Denmark or on the east coast of the U.S. and it's fantastic. And so that's a, a lifestyle flexibility that that could also be great if you're uh, homeschooling your kids or your home in your house. Um, it's a you don't really need to see people very often as long as they can get you the information. So, yeah. And you can travel easily like you've been doing. You know, you mm-hmm. just need a laptop and an Internet connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like everyone's always looking for a, a quote, good bookkeeper. Um, oh yeah, I get asked that a lot. Do you know? Do you know anybody who does bookkeeping? And you need to go, or they've had terrible experiences with bookkeepers. Yes. And, uh, oh, let yeah. yeah. Can we have? Can we have an aside here on that? Um, yeah. I do. I do want to say, friends, that um, please, if you're gonna if you're gonna become a bookkeeper, take this seriously, um, and don't make me have to come clean up your mess later. <laughs> <laughs> please. Or else. Please, please. Well, no, I mean, you know, understand what you're doing, right? So don't wing it, Um, you know, really, really know what you're doing. And if you do, you're going to be so valuable to a company. And if you don't, and you're just kind of muddling your way through, mm, that's, that's, that's not a good combination. So remember how important it is to manage people's money and document people's financials correctly and take that seriously. And so that's part of what we're going to get into in a little more detail in a minute but um yeah some yeah. some freelance gigs you can wing it this is not one of them to wing it in. yeah 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 <laughs> this yeah. isn't a fake yeah. it till you make it type of role this is a yeah. learn it and then keep learning <laughs> right right <laughs> that being said it's not that hard to to learn it um and and we'll again we'll talk about some of that in in a minute but um you know, take, take the time to take it seriously, but it is a great job. If once you, once you, um, know how to do it, um, and are competent as a bookkeeper, I have a a colleague that recently became available to do some bookkeeping. And so people come to me for referrals and they say, you know, who do you know, that's a good bookkeeper. 
Well, I refer, <laughs> referred this, this person to about three more companies. And in fact, I talked to her the other day and she's like, I'm at my limit. No more. <laughs> so, so good bookkeepers fill up their schedule really fast. It's a great way to make money as long as you know what you're doing. And there, there are also some fun instances in which, uh, you know, there will be word of mouth because you're doing a good job for one person and then somebody else calls and says, you know, who does your books and can mm -hmm. you, can you put me in touch with them? And so it, it, for years, all of my work came through referrals. I never did advertising. It was all, you know, does anybody know someone who can handle this for us? And, um, you know, I, I built like this client base of like companies that were all friends with each other. You know, it was, it was really cool. Well, and so, it's cool because, and we'll get into pricing and money and stuff later in terms of how much you can make and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that's really cool about bookkeeping, I can imagine is that it's a nice recurring revenue stream. Um, that's right. you know, it's the type of thing where maybe you're doing a type of bookkeeping where it could be project based, but if you're doing the type of bookkeeping where it's just ongoing, where you're just managing someone's books and, and, you know, coding entries and all that kind of stuff. That's just month to month to month, baby. And, uh, if you can get that down, you can maybe even start outsourcing and, and then overseeing that person. You know, that's a huge difference in a lot of other freelance work, um, where it is, you know, you do a project and it ends and sometimes you can get a retainer recurring thing and that's nice, but this really lends itself towards recurring revenue. So that's the gold standard out there. <laughs> well, that is. And, and I've had, I've had clients, um, for like 10, 12 years at a time. I have one client that I started working with and I still, you know, I, I don't really do so much bookkeeping anymore. I do a, just a little bit. Um, but I do that so that I can stay current with the updates to QuickBooks and I can be more valuable when I'm giving advice to other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I have this one client that I think I started working with in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen them in person in years. Every month they send me a report and it's got about five transactions. I put it together, send them their reports back. I mean, the whole thing takes about an hour and we, you know, greet each other and say, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And <laughs> I don't even know what these people look like. So, <laughs> awesome. so, but it's great work. It's great work. And if you are reliable and you deliver and you do deliver what you said you were going to deliver for people, there's no reason for them to change. Um, so it's great long-term sustainable work. If, if that's of interest to you. Um, and as an aside, even if you're not planning to be a bookkeeper professionally as your freelance line of work, uh, knowing how to do it is really valuable for managing your own books. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you'll have a friend who also has a business and they're like, I can't figure this out. And you could be valuable to them informally too. So, um, you know, consider it a good life skill. Um, depending yeah, on what you decide to do with it. It's, it's always a good fallback. You know, if you really can't find anything else to do and somebody says, Oh, the only thing we have available here is bookkeeping. Be like, you know, yeah, <laughs> funny <actually>. story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's such a great foundation to have for anything. And, and we'll get into all the different routes that this can take in the future. Um, when you just can learn the basics. And that's something I think is really cool about this, this um, profession as well. Mm -hmm. And it really makes you valuable. As you said, it really makes you valuable in an organization. 
Um, even if you aren't in the finance function or the accounting function of an organization, you can speak their language when you're talking to them and it really helps, you know, um, and, and you understand, you know, how the reporting works and how budgeting works and all that kind of stuff. Also very helpful. Um, okay, I'm going to pause this real quick. And there's something that Beth and I want to share that we've been kind of working on at Kenza. Um, and we wanted to share it before we dive too much further into this episode. So um, kind of two things. So as you guys know, you know, at Kenza, what we're trying to do is help parents take their um, uh, corporate skills and, and the jobs and experience and the network that they've built up until now and learn how to translate that into what we're calling sort of an independent career, um, consulting, contracting, freelancing, whatever word you want to use. And so that's been something we've been really focusing on. We have our You Can Do This course, which is just a $29 course that teaches you sort of the eight key steps and things you need to learn before kind of going out on your own, helps you build up a playbook, which is essentially a business plan. Um, so that you can feel really confident in um, the research that you've done and the, the things that you need to do in order to basically hand in your notice and, and do this full time. So that's one of our, our main programs. And then we also offer, you know, one on one mentoring um, with myself, with Beth, with both of us, kind of depending on what you're looking for. Um, and, and there's a lot of other ideas that we have. I mean, there's a lot of ways that all of this can go, but one of the things that came to us a couple months ago now is that we really want to take it a step further. So instead of simply educating you, which is obviously really important to give you that confidence and the knowledge and really save you a lot of hassle and heartache, <laughs> um, we wanted to take it a step further and start connecting you with clients. And so what we're doing right now is building out somewhat of, we're calling it kind of a matchmaking program where we are going out and talking to potential clients out there in our network and saying, hey, we have this amazing group of highly motivated, highly responsible, highly experienced, skilled, independent professionals that are looking for work and you are a client who needs that type of work and needs that high level um, uh, uh, person, high caliber person. And so we're starting to make those connections with people and it's been going really well. We're super excited about it. Um, and the other thing that we're doing as part of that is we opened up a private Slack channel for people in the collective. And in that Slack channel, I, I don't know what you call it. There's different channels in Slack and the Slack group. I don't know the name of that. I don't know. We opened a Slack. All right. And <laughs> we have different channels in there. So we have a jobs board. We have a project management channel, we have a, um, a finance channel, we have a general channel. There's just different topics in there that are that are going on. And it's been really cool to see people start to use this. And so the way you can kind of think about it is like, let's say you have a really specific question. And here's an example that came up just yesterday from one of our collective members. Um, she She's a writer and she brought up, hey, I have someone who's interested in having me write their LinkedIn profile. How would you guys price that? Like, how, how do you guys think I should go about, you know, building out this service? And so we jumped in and kind of went back and forth and brainstormed with her and said, you know, maybe you would charge something like this. Here's how to uh, maybe keep your time down on this. Maybe you go this route where you have them write it first and you just edit. And we just kind of went back and forth and helped her figure out how to think through this. And that was super valuable for her. And it was super fun for us because Beth and I just, we honestly, honest to God, just love helping people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we find great fulfillment in that. And so if, you know, I think I was like waiting for our dinner last night and I was just writing in the Slack channel, like kind of my two cents on, on that whole question. 
So all that to say, we want to invite you to this, this Slack group. Um, it's a group of um, mostly parent entrepreneurs. Some are not, and that's totally fine. And um, let's just get in there and help each other. This isn't meant to be another place for you to have to check and keep in, keep up on and be stressed out about. It's just supposed to be a resource for you and help to bring you a lot of value. Um, and Beth is super open to being active in there on the finance side. If you have bookkeeping questions or financial related questions, she can answer. And same for me on the client and project management and even proposal side. I'm happy to look at your proposals and give them a once over and kind of point out some potential issues or, hey, this looks great. Um, we're here for you. And other community members are there for you too. So we'll provide a link in the show notes of this episode um, for you to access that. Um, there's a little bit of an application process just so we can get to know you a little bit. It'll take you less than five minutes. Um, just give us your name, email, kind of tell us what kind of work you're into. And this is going to help us build up that network of people that we can connect with clients. And so, um, find the link in the show notes here, or you can email me Tiffany at kenzacollective.com and we'll get you hooked up. And this is still very much in beta. So you may not find this on our website right at this moment. Um, but if you're listening to this episode months and months later, hopefully it's there. Um, but we're kind of building it slow and steady and testing the waters and we're getting really amazing feedback. And so that's been really fun to see. Um, yeah, join us on Slack. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's dive into this. So you want to be a bookkeeper episode. Um, okay. and let's just start Beth by having you tell us a little bit about you and your background and kind of how you got started and, and where you are today. Okay. Well, first of all, like many people, I never planned on being an accountant. I actually, you remember that show where it's like, I don't want to be an elf. I want to be a dentist. Um, I wanted to be an artist because um, I had a lot of arts, artists in my family. And I was like, that's cool. But, um, you know, I was just not very good at it. So uh, I got an undergraduate degree in advertising and I thought I was going to be a creative director and that didn't work out. I had my first job out of school in an advertising, a small advertising agency. And I thought, cool, I'm working in advertising. Yay. And my job basically was to be the bookkeeper. And, um, and so this was back in the late 80s. This is how old I am. And, um, and I was using the, you know, circa 1988 Quicken software on a Mac. And I was actually responsible for managing the finances for this little advertising agency I was working for. And I was like, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> so um, after a while, I was, I, I had gotten bored with my entry level job options. I think some of you can identify with that. And I wanted to move a little faster, so I decided to go back and get an MBA. And I spent a couple of years doing that. Um, I had been out for two years in the workplace, went back for an MBA. And when I graduated, I still kind of thought I was going to be in marketing um, or advertising or something. And it turns out that once I had that degree, really the jobs that were open to me were in finance and accounting. And I was okay with that because, you know, I also felt like that was tickling a part of my brain that I had not been using up until That then. you hadn't tickled yet? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, ooh, ooh, that's, that's, I'm needing to spend time thinking about this, you know? And that's actually good, right? Because we always want to be learning. And so I was finding that to be a challenge. And then I decided... 
perhaps this is the area I should specialize in because I'm willing to commit to learning uh, mm -hmm. more here. And uh, so I took jobs um, in finance and accounting. I was a CFO. I was a, I was a controller a bunch of times. I took these in-house management jobs, uh, managing people's money, companies' money for them. Um, and then I had gotten to like my you know, final job, my final captive employee job and was laid off from it. And at, because the dot-com thing happened and, and we got hit pretty hard in California when all of that happened for those of you who were around at the time. And I just said, you know what? No more. I decided to go out on my own as a freelance sort of accounting manager, bookkeeper. And the thing is that at that time, in small companies, first of all, we had just had the dot-com, so nobody was spending money on anything, but they definitely had to understand what was going on with their money. So I was mm -hmm. able to sign up some number of clients for whom I was their accounting manager, except it was like two days a week, mm -hmm. um, because some of these companies had had to lay off all their staff, and it was down to like five original people or two people or whatever. And then I'd come in two days, two mornings a week or whatever, and I'd take care of all the, you know, cutting all the checks and billing all the clients and all of that stuff that nobody else was wanting to deal with. And I ended up with this pretty decent client portfolio. And took it from there. And from there, I, you know, I had a lot of word of mouth. Hey, I understand you're doing so-and-so's accounting. Can you do mine too? Do you have any extra time? And this is what we were talking about earlier. If you're a bookkeeper and you're good, your, your schedule will fill up very quickly. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> be prepared. Um, yeah. And so I started that business almost 20 years ago. It'll be 20 years this summer. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I've worked with over 50 companies in different ways, different, you know, everything from bookkeeping to CFOing to, you know, cost accounting projects to financial analysis, just all different Turn, types turnaround, of projects. Turnaround, saving. Turnaround, oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> help, I can't yeah. make payroll, <laughs> what should I do? I've heard that one a few times. Help, we think we're gonna have to declare bankruptcy. What should we do? A few of those yeah. too. So, um, you know, we, we've, we've got, I've gotten a, a bunch of people on track and, you know, uh, gotten people through transitions, let's say. And then oftentimes what I'll do is I'll find, help them hire the person that's gonna stay there longer term. But, you know, I kind of go put out the fire and then we're like, okay, now let's rebuild. You know, um, so so it's been really fascinating and fun. Um, it's incredible how reliant people are on their financial function as a company. You know, the accountants are always the people that people are like, oh, those guys are nerds. I don't want to talk to them or whatever. But they're actually like the IT guys. The IT guys yeah. and the accountants are like the people that really make things work. Yeah, they really make seriously. the trains run on time. So, yeah. um, you know, value your accountants and also realize that if you are an accountant, you may be behind the scenes, but you're p playing a very important role. Mm -hmm. So um, it, that's been fun. And also I've ended up being, because of uh, my work with a lot of nonprofits, nonprofit clients, I've ended up being the treasurer of a few nonprofits and that's mm -hmm. been fascinating too. Yeah. So yeah, so that's in a nutshell, basically. Yeah. So all that to say, you know a lot of things. 
<laughs> and you have a lot to share with our audience and everyone around you. Um, and one thing I love about Beth is that you can pretty much ask her anything and she knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I don't, I usually know who to ask. That's true. That's true. But you've seen it is what I mean. You know, I've you've been seen there, you've oh done my God. that. I feel like I'm a hundred years old, but yes, I've seen, I've seen, I've also seen a lot of things that people do thinking they're being clever and it's not that clever, you know, and it's like, Ooh, that's going to come back around. And, you know, things that people do to, to dodge paying taxes, for example. mm, mm, Mm -hmm. mm -mm, mm -mm. So, you know, the other great thing about Beth is that she's a really great teacher and she never, um, she never makes you feel like stupid or you know talk in a way that like you feel like oh man I I can't keep up or I don't understand the lingo or whatever like she's really good at explaining these concepts and if you're like hey actually like what you're saying I need we need to go down a level like I need to start at this you know and she's like oh yeah no problem and um so if you go to our website and you browse the podcast we have you know the podcast library you can search by category and there's a whole category of finance related podcasts We've done a lot of them. We'll continue to do a lot of them. Um, so if this is something you want to learn more about, dive in there. Um, if you want to sign up for one-on-one mentoring with Beth, I would highly recommend it. Or of course, like we said at the beginning, um, you know, jump in our Slack channel and and use her and use us as a resource for you. Because um, I can't think of a better person to to teach oh. you that you can trust and that really has the knowledge. You know, you're not just like. A 22 year old getting started, which no offense to 22 year olds getting started, but you know, like this is the kind of one of those subjects that it's like, you want someone who's experienced teaching you, you know, yeah. um, who yeah. has seen a lot of things and has been through a lot to teach you this versus, you know, maybe someone who hasn't quite had that experience yet. So yeah, just a little plug Yeah. Thank there. you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Shameless plug. Thank you for that tip. Um, but I know I really have seen a lot of stuff and, and that's true. And, and if I can save you heartache, um, because you know, you don't learn without a lot of, uh, going off course a few, a few, a few or many times and then having to get back on course. So I, I've seen, I've seen a lot. And I've also, because I've gotten in, in a, in sort of a special zone where I've helped with a lot of startups and a lot of transitions and a lot of cleaning people up who've gone sideways. Mm-hmm. I can tell you all the you know things not to do. Right. Um, and then how to fix yourself if you did do that thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and I love to talk about it too, as Tiff well knows. She does. We, can, yeah. we have, we have, multiple podcasts about all of these subjects so <laughs> and lots to come and more to come let's dive into the practical here of someone okay. who's like okay yeah i'm kind of interested in i'm interested in this let's talk about it so let's start with education so let's say someone is coming from a totally different background and they're wanting to pivot into bookkeeping do they need to go back to school what do they need to learn in order to kind of get started well it depends on what you want to do with this So if you think that later on down the road, you may end up, you know, going for a CPA license or, um, or maybe even going to work for a company, maybe, maybe down the road, you're feeling like, you know, once my kids are in school, I might want to go out of the home and work in a job someplace. Um, and by the way, there are so many accounting jobs. I mean, it's a great industry to get into. They mostly pay pretty well. 
you mostly get left alone because you know <laughs> it's it's in your it's in everybody's best interest to leave the accountants alone and not keep bothering them so mm-hmm. i mean it's a fairly decent fairly decent working conditions in most most cases downside is uh, accountants aren't the funnest people you've ever <laughs> necessarily but i digress Except for you you're well, different yeah there's there's fun accounting people there really are um but you know so it it it's also a really solid job uh job option uh but again if you want to sit for the cpa exam you should find out in your state what the licensing requirements are um, because there's some component of course material that you have to do in order to qualify to take the exam. That's one thing to consider. Now, you don't need to do that. Um, You never need to have anything to do with being a CPA. And there are also jobs where where, uh, you can get hired you know, just based on the fact that you've had a four-year degree and five years of experience or whatever that is. That's the employment side of things. On the bookkeeping side of things, I would highly recommend that you at least have mastery of one of the popular software packages and really understand why you're doing what you're doing. So, for example, let's say QuickBooks. QuickBooks is a very uh, popular accounting package that a lot of companies do their bookkeeping with. Make sure you go through some tutorials, know how to use it, and then also understand the accounting theory behind it. So you may be able to take a, a, a class at your local community college or maybe something online and uh, get at least some coursework in debits and credits. Uh, maybe you had that kind of thing in college and you still remember it. But, you know, make sure you understand um how accounting works and I made kind of a list of of things you probably ought to know if you're going to be a bookkeeper. So know at least one accounting software really well whether that's QuickBooks, Xero, uh, Sage 50. Know how to fix an error without making a bigger mess and know the protocols and fixing stuff. For example you you don't void checks uh, from a year ago today you know you, there, there are certain protocols around when you can make corrections and when months are closed and not going back into closed months and screwing around um, know that all accounting softwares are basically run on the principle of entering the transactions and reconciling the bank and the balance sheet accounts each month Mm-hmm. And that's how you know that you've gotten everything entered. You know, you're looking at your bank statement, you're looking at what's in the system, and you're saying, okay, this matches this, therefore I'm, I'm on track. Um, and then also be confident about this. You're dealing with people's money, and people sometimes act a little weird around money. And, you know, be confident in what you know, and be confident that you understand the software, that you understand the basic principles of accounting. Um, and then be able to be consistent for your client, you know, so if you and your client have agreed that by the 15th of each month, you'll have the books closed and reports available, then stick with that and don't be, you know, wishy-washy and all over the place with that. Really important for financial management is consistency. So, um, and then also accuracy and precision. So when you're doing data entry, you don't want to, you know, be misspelling things all the time and putting in wrong numbers and, you know, transposing and all of that, because that's just going to 
uh, make kind of a mess for you. You know yourself, you know what your aptitudes are. I mean, if you find that you're very accurate with data entry, that's great. If you're not as accurate with data entry, then figure out how to check your work or have somebody else check your work. Um, but that, that's, that's really kind of an important thing. Okay, so it's sounding like um, there's kind of two places to start. The first one is to make sure you understand just the basic foundational concepts of accounting in general. And you can probably look online for that. Beth, I'm sure that you would love to create a course or maybe do a, a series of courses or even live type of teachings about just basic concepts, names, terminology, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then once you understand those things, however you get to that place, then choose a software like QuickBooks or something else to really start to dive into um, and start to understand how those work and how the principles you just learned translate into the software. And those with those two pieces of education and understanding, sounds like you could probably get started on even just some very simple bookkeeping for someone. Yeah, I mean, and start by doing your own bookkeeping. And then if you have a friend or a relative that needs some bookkeeping, you know, maybe your husband is doing something different or your partner is doing something different and they need some accounting. You know, you can start to get some experience within your own, you know, family or, or friend group. Um, and then from there, as you gain knowledge and become better and better at it, um, you can you can start to to sell that work to people that aren't friends and family, you know, yeah. um, you can, you can branch out a little bit. You can look for postings in Craigslist. You can look on Upwork. You can, um, put word out to your, your network. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bookkeeper now because it ha as Tiffany said, it happens a lot. I get that a lot too. People always contact me and say, who do you know in bookkeeping? So just as a heads up, those of you out there who, um, who want to be bookkeepers, let's, you know, try to stay in touch with me because uh, every now and then I do have occasion to be able to refer somebody. So, um, so what are, what are some base skills that someone kind of needs to have? Like, is it true that, you know, what if you weren't very quote, like good at math or something in high school? Like, is that such a big deal? Like, what are some of the, you need to be good at data entry, probably detail oriented. Talk about some of those um, skills that people need to have going into this. Well, you know, you, the, the software basically does the work for you, but you have to have enough ability to look at financial reports and reality check them. Like you have to look at the financial reports and be able to understand, you know, like what's a balance sheet account, what's a P&L account, um, you know, be able to spot check and tell if something's in the wrong place. One surefire way to tell is if you see negative numbers in places where there need to be positive numbers. That's when you need to go dig in and figure out what went wrong. You know, what's in the wrong place? Um, you know, that that's, that's really, really important. Um, debits and credits. When I was studying accounting, I was like, oh God, debits and credits, <laughs> really? <laughs> Like, I did not get it. I get it now, but understand what, in double entry bookkeeping, for everything you do, there's an opposite uh, action. So if you debit an account, somewhere else you're crediting an account for that same amount. Mm. It's never just a one-sided transaction. So understand how those how the, the transactions are paired together. Um, that's, that's like really the underpinning of all double entry accounting is just, you know, 
what should be on the other side of this transaction. And I've actually found, uh, by the way, that getting a second opinion is really valuable on that. Mm. I, I've worked for some some controllers through the years that, you know, I'd say, oh, I'm making this journal entry and I know one side has to go to cash. I can't think of what the other side should be. And they'll be like, oh, well, is it for a time in the future? Why don't you code it to prepaids? You know, mm. mm-hmm. it's good to talk that through with somebody else. Uh, especially if you're new and you haven't had a lot of experience with that. I I have that conversation probably once a week with at least somebody that I work with where they're like, you know, I I just can't figure out what what the other side of the transaction needs to be. And Mm -hmm. and then we we go through it and, you know, so that's also valuable. Um, And that will come from doing some accounting training but again, when you're doing theoretical accounting training, you're talking about ABC Company at 123 Main Street, Anytown, USA, <laughs> and it's not real, right? So yeah. that's why I suggest putting your own accounting into a, an accounting system and then working with it that way, because then you're going to at least have real transactions that you're dealing with and real implications of, of you know, your financial position. Uh, even if you just do it for yourself and you never show anybody, it's still it's still a good learning uh, experience. Yeah, just do it for your own household expenses. Yeah, and you can do yeah. it for your own household, sure. Yeah, you can reconcile idea. your personal bank account if you wanted right. to. Right, um, So it sounds like what I'm hearing is some of the skills that are important to have are the ability to really focus and kind of go heads down and, and get through some work. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's a big one. Uh, be able to you know, be detail oriented, um, in what you're doing, being able to have some, some, uh, a good sense of an analytical type of mindset where you can kind of zoom out from the details and look at the bigger picture and think like, does this actually make sense though? Like, is this right? You know, um, like whenever I'm doing our household budget or I'm like reconciling something and I see like, oh wow, we have a lot of money left over. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not true. (laughs) (laughs) I probably messed up somewhere. We don't have that much left over at the end of a month, you know, like just being able to have like common sense, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You could have checks in transit. So you could have written somebody a check and they're holding it and they haven't cashed it or, Mm. and you know, it's for a thousand dollars and you're like, look at me. And then you're like, Oh, (laughs) I know. I hate that. Or you've like posted, you like scheduled a credit card payment and it posted to your credit card, but it hasn't come out of your checking yet. You're yeah. like, oh, damn it, that credit, that payment still has to come yeah. out. All right, yeah. I'm not that good. Yeah, you're like, no balance on my credit card and all this money in my bank account. <laughs> exactly. Oh, rats. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then the other, the other two skills I wrote down just to wrap that up is being reliable. Mm-hmm. So being really confident in, in knowing that you can come through on your word. And mm-hmm. then um, being open to advice. So being able to, you know, being you know, checking your ego at the door and understanding this is someone's finances. You can't mess this up. And if you don't, you know, again, going back to that, like, this is not something that you really should be winging or, yeah. you know, this is probably fine. Like you need to talk to someone and, and find a partner in crime. Who's maybe a little bit more senior, a little bit more experienced or not just someone who can look at it with you, who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on our yeah. Slack channel and ask me if you get confused about something. Yeah, I'm happy exactly. to answer those questions. Um, And, you know, I'd add to what you're saying, Tiff, uh, always be learning, right? Mm -hmm. So none of us ever know everything. 
um, always be learning. And I got to tell you, my process of understanding this to the point that I know it now has been a long process. When I was beginning at this, I was like, oh, I don't understand why that's there and that's there. Now I'm like, oh, well, here's the thing. And I can explain it to anybody, but it takes time. And so, you know, you're not going to immediately know everything. You know, none of us have immediate, you know, all-knowing knowledge of everything. But uh, you can work at it and, and keep an open mind and learn and ask questions and ask people that know more than you, people with more experience than you. Ask them what they think and how, you know, if you're stuck on a transaction. It's never the basic stuff that is going to be a problem, like entering AP or entering bill invoices for your customers and looking at your aging. That's the easy stuff. The hard stuff is like the time when like somebody like gave you a credit and then you're not sure where to put it and what, what to apply it against. And then they paid you on that credit and you're like, wait, you know, that's the kind yeah. of stuff that I always talk to people about where they're like, how does this work? You know, like the edge, the edge cases that the you weird may learn cases. about theory, but you know, in practice, you're going to, you're going to be challenged with those. But you know, that's, remember, that's why they hired you, right? Yeah, to figure exactly. It out for them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Understand things like depreciation and why you do it and how you'd book it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, those are like the outlier weird things. Um, but if you can master all that stuff, it's really, really valuable and it makes you so hireable um, mm -hmm. and and makes your practice very sustainable. And that's yeah. that's the way you stay with clients for years and years and years at a time. Um, let's, let's pivot and let's, let's talk about two more topics just so this doesn't get too long and maybe we need to do a part two to this. Um, <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about like money, like how, kind of how, how people, how you charge and you can give out dollars if you want, or just how much money people can make. And then let's talk about the paths that this can open up and then we'll start to wrap up. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. Fine yeah. with me. Um, so I know we usually say don't bill by the hour but in this particular instance because you're going to be there for a long period of time with this cu customer um, you may want to bill by the hour and depending on your levels i've seen everything from 20 bucks an hour to 75 bucks an hour make it worth your while and earn whatever that is whatever rate that is if you're junior i wouldn't i wouldn't go out there as a you know, year one bookkeeper and say, pay me 75 bucks an hour, but 25 or 30 bucks an hour may be completely reasonable and may bring a good chunk of money into your household. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about a customer possibly needing you five hours a week, let's say, two, two, two and a half hour chunks of time, you know, and you're, you're getting paid 30 bucks an hour or something, sit you know, it's a chunk of money coming into your household every week. And then consider that you might have five of those. Um, it starts to add up and it starts to give you some decent income. And then one of the things I did is as I worked with the company more and more and more, I would, you know, sort of say, okay, starting January 1st, our rate, my rates are going to be, you know, 40 bucks an hour or 50 bucks, an hour. you know, kind of work your way up with them. Um, I find that if you're really good and you're adding value, they're not going to say a peep about that. They're going to say, yeah. I get it. You know, you're, you're worth it and I'm willing to do that. So the other thing you can do is you can sell packages like, um, you know, 
I'll do your accounting every month and your reports for 250 bucks or 500 bucks or, you know, but yeah. make sure you're covering your costs. Yeah. That, and, and, you know, Beth knows this. And if you've been listening for any length of time, that's really what we advocate for is really instead of selling your time to go towards some sort of package thing, because, you know, as you, as you take a client on and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm giving you five hours of my time a week. What happens when you get better and better and better at it? You know, what are you supposed to do? And you're doing it in less time. You're kind of in a weird spot. So you either have to kind of lie to your client, which is never good of like, yeah, I'm still getting the work done, but I'm actually doing it in three hours, but they're paying me for five hours. So you're going to take less money. That doesn't make sense either. So that's kind of the reason why we like to push more of sort of a package rate where it's like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for $200 a month. Or if you want to do X, Y, Z and ABC, that's $500 a month you know, different packages like that. And you can, of course, price it appropriately as you're getting started, depending on how junior or senior you end up being. Um, but that way, as you get better and as you get faster, you're just making more money inherently without having to necessarily up your rates, which you still should up your rates as time goes on and you get better and you can offer more services, more packages. Um, but the other thing, the other side to that is like, let's say you get started, you're really liking it. You've gotten through your first year of business. You have five clients who are paying you, you know, these package rates, and then you want to move into some other sort of realm. Like, oh, maybe you're interested in, uh, you know, doing some budgeting with them or I don't know, some other sort of service with different clients. Now you can start to outsource some of your other clients or you can bring someone in under you as a, you know, a junior accountant to do some of the more just like heads down busy work and then you can come in and oversee that and again the client doesn't need to necessarily pay extra doesn't even necessarily need to know um not that you should hide it from them but however you want to run your business is your business you know um however long it takes you to do something is your business and um so so yeah i think that that's you know shopping around and seeing what other people in your network are are charging for these sort of package deals for accounting um, go on our Slack channel and ask other people who are doing this, other bookkeepers. We just had um, Annie Hillman from Atlas Bookkeeping Co. on our podcast. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm sure she would be a great resource uh, to pick her brain. So, you know, look around at what other people out there are charging and, and you know, see what you can do. See what kind of packages you can put together. Yeah. And know, know that you're going to probably make up a lot of your business by volume and longevity. So if you get in and you're doing a good job, again, it, a contract with a client could let last five, 10 years, you know, um, as long as everybody's happy and they feel like they're getting what they need and their CPA feels like, you know, you're competent. Um, mm -hmm. And also that's a side tip. Be on good terms with whoever their CPA is because you guys, if you work well together, that's also going to be very valuable for you. That's also a great resource for you mm -hmm. um, when it comes to be tax time and they are asking for certain reports. Feel free to pick their brain and say, you know, I've always wondered why we send you this report or how does this work or whatever. They'll usually be um, happy to explain that to you because they want you to do it correctly, too. So yeah. um, that's another another resource. Cool. Um, so as we start to kind of wrap up, one of the things that I'm interested in you having you share with our audience are, you know, let's say someone gets started in this. Um, what are some different paths that this could lead them down um, as with this foundational knowledge and background? 
Well, um, you could certainly do more of this, right? You could do a lot of this. You can, you can also teach it to other people. Um, you could become the kind of bookkeeper that, that um, shows other bookkeepers how to do stuff. Uh, you could find that you're collaborating with others um, in, in, in groups and sharing knowledge. You can also um, go from being sort of a, a bookkeeper to being more of a financial management type. Uh, so you might find that, you know, maybe maybe a company you're with is like, you know, we really need a controller or we really need an accounting manager and you seem to know all this information. Would you be willing to do that and then maybe hire somebody below you to do the bookkeeping? You do the data entry, but we like your brain around interpreting the financial reports or um, helping us with cash management or any of the other sorts of key financial uh, managing roles that take place in companies. Um, I know I've ended up, you know, being the CFO a number of times with, with companies because the CEO was like, I need a partner who's, who's there with me. And, you know, I can hand the bookkeeping to another person and, and work with them at that level. Mm -hmm. So that's also a really good uh, way to do it. And then once you sort of develop a reputation as that go-to person who can come in and be an interim controller or an interim CFO, um, the dollars, the amount you can charge uh, increases, let's just say. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's this concept of like fractional, fractional CFOs, fractional CMOs and, you know, C-suite people or even just higher level people um, mm -hmm. where a company or even a nonprofit, small business, they need that role. They need someone with that brain and that knowledge and understanding, but they don't need it full time. They don't want it. They can't afford it full time. So you can come in as sort of this, you're still your own contractor, but you're, it's, it's just this kind of non-sexy word of a fractional CFO where, you know, you piece together maybe five different companies that you are a CFO for essentially, mm -hmm. and you can charge CFO rates and you can make a hell of a lot more than some, just being a CFO for one company, you know, if you do that right. So that's something to eventually look into. And, and gain so much more knowledge. So yeah. when you're at five companies at a time, you're dealing with five different industries potentially in five different mm -hmm. situations and you're just absorbing all this information. This is how I learned a lot of what I learned because I've had like up to nine or 10 clients at a time and I'm learning, mm -hmm. like I'm learning about the arts and this and that and computers and, you know, and it's just, it's incredible. The other thing um, that I have done is be an interim uh, like a temp for, you know, let's say I, for example, I was working for a company and the gal that was the accounting manager was from India. And at Christmas she would go home for a like six week visit to her family. And they were like, you know, while she's gone, we need somebody really strong to come in and cover for her who isn't trying to take her job and isn't trying yeah. to like, you know, doesn't have designs on any of this is just here for this finite period of time to mm -hmm. fill in for this person and make it so that when they come back after their six weeks, they're not coming back to a mess. They're coming back yeah. to work that's just been handled. And right. so that's another way you can be really valuable to, to or even like maternity leave. Like what if you positioned yourself as the person who fills in for accountants 
who are going out on maternity leave or paternity leave or disability mm-hmm. or whatever. And or, that's, or that's yeah, I've had, I've filled in for people going on surgery leaves. Um, mm. So yeah, that's also super valuable. And if you yeah. can go in and be like the person who's not trying to steal anybody's job, but is just yeah. super reliable and is able to provide some good service for a period of time, you'll get called back and also you'll get referred when yeah. somebody else is having the same thing. They'll say, who, who filled in for Marge when, when she went on maternity leave? And, and <laughs> your name will come up again. That's the yeah. most important thing here is just, just always do a good job and be reliable and be honest. And yeah. if you can do all of that and, you know, have integrity in your work and, you know, make sure the job's done right and it's not sloppy. If you can do all of that, you'll you'll have work for days. I mean, yeah. I've had to actually tell people like I can't do this much work anymore. Please <laughs> yeah. please call so and so or so and so cuz it's just it's too much for me. Yeah. So, um yeah, it's a good problem to have, but but yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's great work. It's really great work. Well, this is this has been really really helpful and um really inspiring. I think this is, you know, if you have any interest or this piques your curiosity at all, um, start exploring it. Look around, um, you know, as classes or colleges start to open up, community college courses are not very expensive. Um, You could probably Mm -hmm. even find some online community college courses. I'm sure there's stuff out there. If this is something that you want Beth to teach our collective, let us know. Um, She has a lot of material put together already. And so we can, you know, put something more formal together, maybe even like a three or four series sort of bookkeeping basics. Um, You know, we're open to all of that. So um, like we said at the beginning, and we've kind of said throughout, head over to Slack and connect with us. We want to be talking with you. We have it on all day. It's on my phone. Um, and we're giving a lot of access to that. That might change as it grows. But um, for right now, this has been working really well. And it's been a really fun way for us to connect to people. And like we mentioned earlier, we're also going to be working on posting jobs there and um, trying to connect you with really great clients. So that's another really great incentive to jump into that community. So check out the link in the show notes here um, to join us. And Beth, is there any other, are there any other last words that you want to share to anyone out there if they're thinking about this career path? I think I've probably covered just about all of it, but if anybody, seriously, if you have questions, I'm, I could talk about this for hours. So, <laughs> so really be in touch if you, if you want to talk more. Um, even if it's a very specific question about, I don't understand how to do this journal entry. I can pr- probably at least give you, you know, a second opinion. <laughs> Perfect. So. Well, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Kenza Collective. Um, that's usually the one I'm on. And then Beth is on our Twitter at Kenza Collective. Again, links in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter. We sound, send out a monthly uh, roundup where we kind of just share with you all of the content we've produced for the month, podcasts, freebies, um, anything that's going on that could help you in your ind- independent career. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Beth. And I hope it inspired people out there. I think it did. Thank you.